Well, hey, good evening, everybody. It's great to see all of you. I can't see you, but I want to see all of you. But uh, hey, good evening. Merry Christmas. So, so great to have all of you here tonight. And I uh, really want to just lift up our, our music ministry before we get started, because uh, I don't know if you've ever stood up here and done what they did at their age. What a tremendous job they did. Let, let's give them a round of applause. What a, what a great job. You know, and uh, I just want to share a little bit about Christmas because uh, I, I don't know how it is for, for you, but uh, Christmas is really a special time. But have you noticed this year how, how Christmas gets started earlier and earlier every year? Have you noticed that? Like way back in September, it started. Maybe even August, some people are putting decorations out. I've got a neighbor that he leaves his decorations out all year long. You know, I think there's something wrong with that. I think there should be, uh, you know, uh, uh, you cannot cross the line. And even with Thanksgiving, you know, you're supposed to not start Christmas until after, right? What happened this year? They're, they're all up in Christmas now. I think it's a violation, don't you? If you agree with me, go ahead and, go ahead and raise your hand. Now, the rest of you, you're the ones putting up decorations early. We got there, we found the problem. But, you know, it is a special time. Uh, because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of glimmer, there's a lot of, uh, you know, really, really incredible times together with family, uh, you know, for the children, they're getting their gifts, and it, it's really going to be a special time. Uh, but, you know, as I was preparing this, this lesson this week, I thought about a couple of people that are friends of mine. One gentleman in particular, three weeks ago, he lost his daughter the battle of cancer. And his daughter has a nine-year-old daughter. And this is going to be his first Christmas without his daughter. And, you know, just to manage that Christmas with a nine-year-old who lost her mommy. You know, there's a whole other flip side to the Christmas that, that we're used to seeing. You know, I, I have another friend who uh, about two months ago, some of you got to meet him uh, his name's Mel Austin, and he performed for us at the marriage retreat. Uh, just two months ago, he lost his wife. She died in his arms. This is going to be his first Christmas without his wife. So, you know, for a lot of people, you know, the, the, the shine and the meals and the things, that you know, there's a whole other flip side to Christmas, and I thought it would be really important for us to talk about that because... You know, whether you know it or not, this is going to be a first Christmas for a lot of people that's not as shiny and bright as most. Maybe, uh, maybe they've had a failed relationship, and they're going to spend Christmas alone without that person, whether it's an ended relationship or a divorce, but something happened. Or, or, or maybe, uh, you know, somebody lost their job. Maybe, maybe somebody in this room lost their job, and things are extremely tight this Christmas because there's not going to be enough as there has been in years past. And this will be the first Christmas where things will be really tight. Or maybe, maybe somebody you know that's fighting a terminal illness and just that whole idea that this may be my last Christmas. And I think it's important for us because we need to either help people that are in that situation 
or even for us to be prepared for that season in our life and when things can happen. And so I thought it would be good for us today to look at uh, a passage of, of Scripture that can really help us. It's not really a, a typical Christmas Scripture. I thought, you know, way back a few months ago, I was thinking, you know, hey, what, what kind of, you know, are we going to go back to Luke and do the whole, you know, Jesus and remembering how he was born? Or, or can we go a little deeper of what is the real significance of Christmas and thinking about that and thinking about how Christmas means so much more than what we see on the outside. And these two themes come up throughout Scripture over and over again, and you'll see them up on your screen. One is the Word of God, and then number two is the light of God. Even in the very beginning, what was it that brought the creation into existence? It says that God spoke the Word and spoke His Word and spoke creation into existence. And then the first recorded words of God in Genesis, you know what those words were? When, when he spoke for the very first time, the first recorded words of God, you know what those words were? Let there be light. And so all through the New Testament, you hear these two themes over and over again, the word of God and the light of God. And then Jesus comes on the scene and he's known as the light of the world. And today we're going to look at a, a passage of Scripture from, from the Gospel of John, and it talks about how John, he, he so, so beautifully brought this together, the, the creation story and the story of the beginning. You see, there's really two creations. There's the first one that we're really wrong. See, because man and his sin destroyed creation, destroyed relationships, the world. And so God had to do a do-over. And many people think, well, that was, that was Noah and the flood. No, no, we're talking about the real do-over. And that's when Jesus came to restore mankind. And the first Christmas has a tremendous significance for all of us. And we're going to pick it up in John chapter 1. And, and the way John does it is amazing. So let, let's pick it up in John chapter 1 and verse 1. It's up here on the screen. And you see it. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. This is deep. Anybody know who John is talking about? Who was the Word? It's, it's Jesus. And, and Many people think, well, well, Jesus was born on Christmas. No, no, Jesus came here to be with us in Christmas, but he was with God even since the beginning. But John says this, he says, the word was with God in the beginning. Jesus, and he describes Jesus as the word, and, and he was with God, and he was with him in the beginning. Then he goes on in verse 3, and he says, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was the life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And so these two themes come out in John's gospel. In the first chapter, he says, the word of God, Jesus, was with God, and he came here, and then he was a light to all peoples, not some peoples, all peoples, all mankind, all over. 
And so we see the light of God and we see the word of God and they come together in human form. Jesus. And he goes on in verse 5. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. See, in the recreation story, as John portrays it, there was darkness on the earth. I don't know about you, but I feel there's still darkness on the earth, don't you? I mean, if you stopped and paid attention, there's, there's a lot of challenges going on in our world right now. It's difficult. And as I said in the beginning, there's some people who are celebrating Christmas and, and they're saying, well, Christmas is supposed to be a happy time. It's supposed to be a joyous time, but I don't feel that. I don't feel it's a time of celebration because when they leave the party or they leave the celebration and all the lights are alone and they go into their room by themselves, a darkness sets in, a loneliness, a pain of a broken relationship or a broken family, a hopelessness sets in. And what this verse is telling us is that Jesus came to be a light for those people. When they're going through their difficulties, he can be a light for all of us. And so I don't know what season you are in right now, or I don't know if there's somebody you know that's in a season, but I want to encourage you to, to, to latch on to what we're talking about. Then he goes on, and, and in this whole theme is, Every religious system that's existed or exists now, all world religions claim their teaching as the word, okay? It's a backbone. Their word is a backbone to their instruction and how to live. And they also claim, all world religions also claim that their teaching is a light for the world. But only in Please hear me clearly. Only in Christianity do you have the word and the light becoming flesh. Look at this next verse here. John says it in verse 17, John 1, the word became flesh and made his dwelling where? Among us. Here among us, not far away, but among us. That Jesus can be among us and that it's an amazing thing that, that we don't have Jesus, you know, just to give us a good teaching that we can follow, but he is the teaching. He's flesh and blood. He is the light walking and talking and living so we can see it in him. You say, well, the word is not something for us to live by, but it's someone who came to live with us. It's so much deeper. It's so much more powerful. And that's the significance of Jesus coming here to be here with us on earth is that it's not something we follow. It's someone that, someone, a person that we can, we can see and we can follow and be like. You say, well, that's, you know, that's really cool and everything. That's that's great. It's a great concept. Jesus came in the flesh, and Jesus was among us, but he's not here now. He's not here right now taking care of my needs, my situation, my problems, because I'm dealing with a lot right now. Jesus isn't here. Interesting, that's a conversation that Jesus had with his disciples, the ones that, that he, he brought them together. And one evening, he told them, he kind of broke it down. He, it was a really hard, hard conversation. Jesus told them, he says, guys, I'm going to have to leave. 
You know, what? What? What do you mean you're going to have to leave? Yeah, I'm leaving. I'm going. No, you can't. You can't leave, Jesus. We, we need you here. You can't leave. We're just getting started. Your ministry is just ramping up. Look at all the people. Look at, look at the tension. You, you're about to start something that's going to go worldwide. How can you leave? He says, yeah, i got to leave. Jesus, you can't leave because when you're here, the, you know, the, the, the tension with the crowds, you just do a miracle and everything is quiet, everything is straight. Or, or the teachers of the law, they used to pose these hard questions. And Jesus, you would put those teachers of the law on mute. You would put a question back on them and they couldn't answer it. And you think about that. What they must have been feeling when Jesus says, I have to leave. I have to go. In John 14, we read this. He says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. And I want you to think about this. Jesus leaves, but he says, I'm going to send someone. And they must have been hearing this and said, Jesus, we don't want an advocate. We want you. We need you here. We don't need an advocate. We don't need anybody else. We need you. But then he says, he will be there to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. I want you to think about this. The Holy Spirit of God being with us, among us. He goes on in verse uh, 17 of chapter 14. He says, The word cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And this is powerful. This is something brand new. See, because Jesus was in body form, but now he's saying, I'm going to send the Spirit, and he's going to be in you, among you, with you. Why is that so significant? Because when we face our challenges of life, we can have help from the Holy Spirit. And that God can, can guide us and help us. He goes on and he says this, but very truly, I will tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. And I'm sure they didn't embrace this. You know, kind of like when you tell your kids, you know, it's for your own good. They don't buy it. But what Jesus is saying here is so true for us. He's saying, listen, when I go, I'm going to send someone that can be with each and every one of you so that you and have a part of me in you, the Holy Spirit. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Now, is this just for the apostles, or is this for us today? This is for us. And if you think about how this ties in with Christmas, when they said Jesus was coming, what was the name that they gave him? Emmanuel. And you know what Emmanuel means literally? God with us. God in us. God among us. He's going to be present 
And so the first Christmas, what was the significance of the first Christmas? It was the arrival of Jesus, but then more than that, it was what Jesus was going to leave behind for us. And he would be with us. And then in chapter 16, he goes on on this teaching about the advocate or the Holy Spirit. He says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit comes, the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now, I can relate to this because I'm looking at some of you and you're, you're looking at me like, well, the Spirit of God, I really don't get it, especially if you're a guest here and you're the first time. And you know, and you haven't been to church in a while and you're going like, the Holy Spirit, what's that? Well, I want to invite you to study the Bible so you can know more about how God can be with you. But I want to talk to you guys who are Christians, you guys who are followers of Jesus. Do you know why there's a powerlessness in your life? You know why there's a limit? You know why Christmas seems flat to you? It's because you're not seeking out the power that Jesus has given you, his presence in your life to be with you, to fill you, to guide you, to help you in your moments of challenge, in your moments where you're feeling, I don't feel peace. I don't feel hope. I mean, the whole service, we're talking about hope. You know, there's a parallel between Christmas and life, isn't there? What are people's expectations of Christmas? I mean, they're through the ceiling. I mean, it's going to be the perfect Christmas this year. We've got everything ready. The meal's going to be great, especially the ladies in the house. You guys decorate your houses. You do all this stuff. You have incredible expectations of how Christmas should be. And then what happens after Christmas? There's a letdown, isn't there? It's gone. It's over. It wasn't what I expected. Right? Guess what happens in life the older you get? It's the same. You have this tremendous expectation. My life is going to be this, and it's going to be this, and my family, and my marriage, and, you know, as I get older, it's going to get better. Guess what the reality is? Physically, you get older, and you can't do the things that you used to do, and there's a sadness that sets in. I'm not young anymore, and is this all there is to life that I'm going to be Weak and old, you know, I'm kind of in the middle. I'm right there in the middle, and I'm looking forward, and I'm seeing my parents, I'm seeing my wife's parents, and I'm going, man, is that it? Because you, you can do the math, right? You can do the math. Well, how long do I have to live? I've only got a certain amount of time. But what the Spirit is teaching us, guiding us, is that this is just a dress rehearsal. See all this stuff around you? It's just makeup. This life that you've put so much expectation into, this thing that you've built up to be so much, particularly when you're young, this is just a dress rehearsal. There's so much more to come. And some of us aren't looking forward, we're looking back and it's depressing. Or we're looking at our reality right now and we're going, you know what, I don't know if this is it. It's disheartening. It's a letdown. And I want to encourage you to listen to what the Spirit is telling you and going to tell you as you lean in and draw closer to God. And some of you, you have no idea what I'm talking about, the Holy Spirit. And I want to invite you, I want to invite you to study the Bible so that you can have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I want to challenge 
our, 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 our members. Guys, you need to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit, but how do you do that practically? It means that you, you have a walk with God. It means you pray. It means you spend time looking into a, 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 that life that's spiritual. It's not physical. It's spiritual. There's so much more out there for us to understand about who we are and the purpose of our existence. Who's going to guide you into that? For you, it's the Holy Spirit. And he goes on in verse 13 of chapter 16. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. You know what the, you know what the end game is? You know what the Holy Spirit's going to tell us? You win. If you're following Jesus and you're with Jesus, you don't lose. You win. We win. It's a victory. And that's something we can look forward to. A win. And the Holy Spirit's also going to tell us, guys, it gets better. You think Christmas is special? Wait till you see what Christmas is like, the celebration is like, the fellowship is like in heaven with God. See, and the Holy Spirit helps us to reach forward and reach out. And it also helps us with our challenges. And I know that here today, there are many of you that are going through some very serious challenges right now. Who really is going to help you, guide you, counsel you? Who's going to help you know what is yet to come when you've lost hope? What I want to tell you is what Jesus told his disciples. Guys, I'm going to go. But when I come back, there's going to be somebody with you. And I want you to be filled with him so that you can overcome, you know, your, your marriage struggles, your challenges. And then he finishes up in chapter 16, verse 30. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you will have peace. Now, that's a familiar word in Christmas, isn't it? Peace. Isn't there supposed to be peace in Christmas? Do you feel peace? Is there peace all around us, in our, in our nation, in our country? In some of your relationships, do you feel peace? There's a reason for that. See, because you're looking for peace on the outside. And you're looking for God to fix all your problems. You're looking for your problems and troubles to go away. That's not true peace. Look at what Jesus finishes up. He says, in this world you will have trouble, right? Who can agree to that? I, I, I can agree to that. There's trouble in this life. But take heart, Jesus says, I have overcome the world and its troubles. What's he saying? How did Jesus overcome the trouble? How do you think he overcame the trouble? What gave him the power well, he's God's son, but yeah, but what connected him with God? Do you know that the, the, the scriptures teach us that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit without limit? And the Holy Spirit was what gave him the power to do his miracles? And the Holy Spirit is what connected him to God. And you and I can have access to that. And so... Here's a very, very important point for all of us. Peace isn't the absence of trouble, problems, or difficulty. Mis, misdiagnosis. 
Peace comes by trusting in the promise. See, because if you want your troubles and problems to go away, well, say, you know, I, I want to go to Cancun and I want to be under a palm tree and then there's no problems. It's going to be awesome. Let me tell you about the palm trees. There's coconuts, big ones that fall out of the tree and they can hit you, you hit your head, they can kill you. Then you go into the warm water, the crystal clear water, and you, you can swim in this beautiful water and there's jellyfish in the water that sting and burn, okay? And then there's people on the beach that sell you stuff and they won't leave you alone and let you relax. What am I telling you? There is no paradise. If you want peace, it comes from within. If you're waiting for your troubles to go away, Jesus says, no, in this world, in this life, you will have trouble. But if you want peace, you can find peace within you, with your relationship with God. See, Jesus came to connect us with God. And the way we get connected with God is by him living in us via the Holy Spirit. And, and look what we get. You know, the, Here's the two things that are going to be vying for our attention this Christmas season, okay? Two things you're going to be vying, struggling, and, and you're going to go for either one or the other, okay? One of the things vying for your attention is the problems of the present. Or the other thing that you can, that's going to be vying for your attention, and it'll probably be the, the still subtle voice, because it's like our problems scream at us, but there's the promises of his presence in your life, in your marriage, in your family, that you can have peace within. But it only comes via a relationship with God. And Jesus came the first Christmas to give us access to that. But I got to say, honestly, too many of us are not tapping into that opportunity. We're too busy. And what we're getting drowned out is by the problems of the present instead of the promise of his presence. So this Christmas season, I want to encourage you to focus on the promise of his presence. I want to focus here. If you're married, I want to, I want to encourage you to pray with your wife and with your husband every day. I want to encourage you to spend a little extra time in prayer. I don't know. I don't feel comfortable. Listen, trust me. It's the only outlet that we have to find internal peace is through prayer. And so we're going to do something different today. I said, you know, what, what if we could give a gift today? What if we could do something for everybody that's in this room today? What could we do? Okay, we could give everybody an iPhone we could give everybody an iPod. We could give maybe an, a, a tablet, you know, everybody. And you'd leave happy for a little while, right? But would that fix your problem? Would that really make your Christmas better? No. The satisfaction will be about that deep. But I thought what we could do today is, is offer prayer requests 
And, and that's what we're going to do this morning. Look at what, what Peter says here. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into what? A living hope. Not, a, not a, a still hope, a living hope. A hope that walks and talks and breathes and lives with you among you. A hope that you can have assurance. Things are really bad now, but I have assurance that things are going to get better. Things are going to... Things are going to be a lot better. I have that assurance. I have that trust, that promise, and God's given it to me. And it's not blind. It's true, and it's real. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, you know, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, that power is made available to us to overcome our struggles and our challenges. Did you know that? And that's what he's saying, that you and I can have a living hope, meaning when we leave here, we can walk in that hope. See, because Christmas is going to come and go, and I don't know what the rest of your year is going to look like in 2015. Some of you may have the the best year that you've ever had. Some of you may not. But one thing is for sure, you can have, through whatever situation you face, you can have a living hope because of the first Christmas. Jesus came here to live among us, to be with us. He left, but he sent his presence to be with each one of us. It's an incredible opportunity. And next year, this is something that we're going to focus in on a lot, is the power, the presence of the Holy Spirit as a church. Because we've been a little bit shallow in that. But it's going to be exciting. Because what I'm excited about is that each and every one of us can start tapping into the presence of God in our own lives. And then in Romans 15, verse 13, this is the kind of the title scripture that we're putting as our overarch in in this service, is may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope. I mean, you've got so much hope that you just, it overflows onto other people. You know what our world needs? People that have the overflow of hope. And where does that overflow of hope come from, according to what Paul is saying here? By the power of the Holy Spirit. And then as we get older and we get closer to the finish line, we don't have to be afraid of embracing the next chapter of our life. It's actually something we can look forward to. Man, I'm so grateful for the years that God has given me, and I'm so much looking forward to the years and without years that are coming for me afterwards. Talk about a party that we are going to be able to celebrate. So what we're going to do is we're going to pass out cards as we take the communion. And uh, if you're one of those people that's in a season where you're feeling a need for help, for prayer, I want you to fill out a prayer request. I want you to to, to put your name on it. Or if you know of someone, maybe a family member who's going through it, maybe it's a friend, somebody you know who really needs prayer right now, I want you to fill out a a prayer request. And this Friday, we're going to come together as a church from 9 to 11, and we're going to pray through every single one of those prayer requests. Because there's a lot of power in prayer.
And at the very least, we're going to pray that those people can, can get closer to God than they've ever been before. Interestingly enough, this room was filled this morning. And Christmas season, bright lights and everything, we got a nice stack of prayer requests this morning. What does that tell you? There's a lot of needs out there, right? Christmas season isn't all that you think it's up, cracked up to be. There's a lot of needs, and it's better if we dive in and meet those needs with a spiritual focus. So I want to ask you, if you would, write out that prayer request, and then you'll turn it in later in our service. But I'm going to pray for you now also. So if you're one of those people that needs help, I, I want to, and this is, this is going to seem a little strange, but I, I want to I ask you as we bow our heads to, to lift up your hands and turn them open like this. And it's not, you know, mystery or, you know, magical or anything like that. It's simply saying I'm in a position of need and I'm ready to receive help from God. So I'm going to pray over you now. And, and, and I'd like for some of you to, 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 to let go and ask for God to help you in your situation that you're in right now. And, and when you get the, the, the prayer cards, I want you to write it clear and legibly, the name of the person, and everything's going to be confidential. You don't have to worry about, you know, if somebody's going to hear about your situation, your need. No, all of it's going to be confidential. But we as a church are going to do that for you this holiday season. And we're going to dedicate a night to praying through those needs. So let's pray for the communion right now. And if you, you have that need in your life now, I want you to, 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 to lift up your hands and, and turn them open, and let's pray. Our Father God, we thank you so much for being the God who sent the word and the light in flesh and blood through Jesus. We, Father, we thank you that Jesus came here to give us hope, a living hope, and that he came to give us your spirit who will live among us and comfort us and guide us and give us direction we so badly need, God, especially when we face challenges. Father, I want to pray for the people in this room with their hands up and their hands open who are asking you for help. Father, that you will help them, that you will be with them, that you will send your spirit, that you will send comfort, that you will send answers, that you will be present in their lives. Please help us all, God. We are in need. And we know we can't do this without you. And we know, Father, that this life, as Jesus said it, we are going to have trouble, and many of us are right in the middle of it. And we ask you to help us to find peace and to find comfort from within through you, through our relationship with you. Father, please uh, be with us. We pray for uh, families and friends who are going through a very difficult time, Father, that you'll please help them to feel your presence, and to get the most out of these difficulties to draw strength from you. God, right now we want to lift up Jesus. We want to ask you, God, to bless this communion we're about to receive. Please bless the bread and, and the wine that we're going to take to remember what Jesus went through. Help us to internalize his broken body and to internalize his blood that we can be forgiven of all of our failures, all of our sins, Thank you that you love us that much. Bless this communion and be with us and bless us all. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. 
Amen.